1: are you talking about you insane hollywood ass? so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
0: 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Say, if you want to interact with the Creative Control of Vishkana show beyond just listening to it, which, by the way, more than enough... But if you want to do other things, you can like the show on Facebook, Creative Control with Vishkana. We're on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at V I S H K R E A T I V E, Vish Creative. You can subscribe to the newsletter at Vishkana.com, V I S H K H A N N A.com. If you want to write to me directly, Creative Control 933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K. 933 at com, Or you can... No, wait, that's it. That's pretty much it. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a nice review on iTunes. Why don't you? I don't know. That seems to be helping. I think that's it. Thank you. Let's listen to the show. Creative Control with Bish Hey, how you doing? You watching House of Cards? My wife and I have been watching House of Cards. Sweet. We're in the second season They launched the second season uh, last week And and they put all the episodes out at the same time on Netflix So you just watch whatever you want So we're about five or six episodes in And I watched the first season too I'm still not sure I like the show Do you like the show? I, I'm not sure I like the show It's like a better newsroom I don't like the newsroom it seems like, kind of like the newsroom Except it's not about news Although it is kind of about news Anyway, I would recommend you check out House of Cards And then we can have this discussion later A lot of dancing on this show Lately Dance people. We had Katie Ewald on uh, not too long ago, talking about dance. And I guess I want to. I want to dance. I want to learn about dance because on this episode, a discussion with Amy Henderson, a noted uh, Toronto-based dance artist, and Jennifer Castle, a musician who I'm very familiar with and I'm a huge fan of. They're they've, they're working together on a project. It's called uh, Henderson Castle Voyager. It's being staged at the Winchester Street Theatre, located at 80 Winchester Street in Toronto. February 20th to 23rd, and then February 26th to March 1st in the year 2014. And a very interesting discussion about uh, their practice and uh, their work. And, I mean, Jen's doing really interesting things. She's completely improvising songs for each performance. And it's kind of stream of consciousness. And then Amy, uh, I, I mean, Amy's got her dancers doing kind of the similar stuff, uh, in, in a sense, improvising on the spot. It's very interesting. I got to see a rehearsal. So what you're going to hear is myself speaking with Jen and Amy somewhere in the Toronto Dance Theatre after I got to watch them do a rehearsal. And it was very, very interesting, and I think you'll enjoy it. And then you're going to hear, as best I could, I took a field recording of some of the audio of Jen playing uh, one of her songs, one of her music pieces. It's a song. It's a kind of song. And then the dancers are dancing while she's doing it. So you're, you're going to hear footsteps and... Yeah. So if you feel like dancing, this might be the episode for you. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Book Thief, Her, Nebraska, and more. And on February 20th, Old Man Ludica and Geordie Lane play an all-ages show at the e bar the bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 quebec street in guelph visit bookshelf.ca for more information
1: Country, if reading books was money if records was investing if was consulting baby we'd be rich
2: Studio B of the. D. D. Oh D, I said st- I said Studio Boom. I thought I was being very clever. Studio yeah. D, Studio Studio Doom.
1: Studio Doom,
0: Studio. They have they, they do something. It's Studio C for church, Studio B for basement, and then they do have something for why you can rem- how you can remember.
3: Maybe dining,
0: because the kitchen's right
3: there. Could be like Studio. Studio
2: Dining. dining. That's pretty good, Jen. <laughs> You're on a roll already. You, yeah. yeah. So we just saw, or I just witnessed this amazing. Uh, I guess it's a rehearsal. Do you use the term rehearsal in the dance world?
0: Yeah, we we do. I, I love the I love the term rehearsal because it's um, it feels like it's we can um, it's one of the only things you can do that is both intentionally um, working on something and making choices, but also simultaneously undoing and reworking constantly. And it feels like a really important state of mind. And so, yeah, that was def- definitely a rehearsal, but hopefully not so different from the performance.
2: I only ask because uh, I, once Mike Watt, who was not a band called the Minuteman and does other stuff, he once said that there's a distinction between bands and, and actors or theater people. Bands practice, actors rehearse. That was his distinction. So uh, it came to mind because you have Jen Castle over here, uh, a musician, and you in, in this world of, well, it's not theater, but it's dance. And uh, I just wonder if practice and rehearsal uh, means anything to you. Because I also was just thinking about how, th- when I was watching this rehearsal, the intersection between r- like randomness and practice, like the intersection between chaos and practice is really meeting when I see something like this. I'm wondering if you can each talk about why that space is interesting to you.
0: It's actually great that you bring up the word practice cause we use it so much mm-hmm. to talk about what the performers are doing. They're practicing something and the thing we've been trying to make is a practice or at least that's the way that we talk about it. But then it's very interesting that then we talk, we still use going to rehearsal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is, I, when yeah. I, was, I used to do some other types of movement, and that um, was not so dancey. And we talked about practicing, which I always took to mean that if you didn't know how to do it, you were practicing. If you were in a constant state right. of needing to get better at something, you were practicing. But now I think about rehearsal like that, too, mm-hmm. that you never really know what you're doing, and you have to keep on working on it.
2: Right. Employing your practice. You practice your practice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> In a way, Jen, do you have any feelings about this—the the distinction between a practice and a rehearsal as a, as an artistic being?
3: Well, I relate to it, especially with this project. Um, the only other thing that—it just—I kind of think of it as practicing, right? Practicing, um, practice-based, yeah. where it's like working on the work, but in the what with the idea that like. There's something that can change, but that you're always giving it, you're always working. So it to me comes, becomes a bit of like yoga or something like you practice, but you, there's never an achievement point. It's like, as soon as practice comes to mind, there's no place that ends. You're always in practice. Yeah. That's how I think of it.
2: Okay. Not Especially
3: with this work, which we started calling practice really early on. It was like, this is practice based. This is, and I think everyone got their heads around it that way.
2: So when you say practice-based for each of your respective practices, is that what you mean? or
3: Just for us colliding and working on the piece we're working on together, Voyager. Okay. How we contained it and we could all practice it and it was accessing a certain mind right. set. Right,
2: right. I want to talk a little bit about the conception of Voyager uh, and in particular, I don't know if uh, this resonates with you, but the humor of the piece... What what I just saw was remarkable. I mean with both within uh, I mean, maybe it's worth describing this to people who haven't seen it yet so that that might uh, uh, Illuminate it for them in terms of how the humor has unfolds because I think it unfolds in a very organic way But can you maybe talk about the the conception of the piece first and then maybe we can get into some specifics about uh, Where the expression and, and the two worlds kind of meet?
0: well i guess the very beginning is i was invited to make a project here and um at at the time i'm usually busy with some question that um is bothering me and then i try to figure out a way of of colliding it with some invitation or some opportunity that i have or some opportunity i invent and the kind of thing that was bugging me a, a little bit over the last couple of years was why I was a, da- a dance maker, but I sort of had a problem with dancing. <laughs> um, and and, I, and I, I say that very um, flippantly, but what I mean is that I wasn't so sure how to employ um, movement on for movement's sake, which is one way of thinking about dancing, in a kind of conceptual or critical way that also celebrated dancing for dancing's sake and that didn't kind of use it to prove a point or to be ironic or any of those things. So I was um, coming out of a project where I, we, did a, we did a similar sort of investigation of one of the core kind of elements of choreography. And in that case, it was unison movement and trying to think about synchronized movement beyond irony and beyond um, authority, I suppose. Um, and so with this, the thing that I kind of alighted on was, how can we make a project that's about constantly moving? If dancing's about movement, what about just going for it and just always moving? And then and then for some reason, what came to mind when I thought about a collaboration that I thought would fit this was a songwriter because of the way that I understood songwriting to kind of contain um, a, a kind of like approach to... To, to maybe a kind of poetry that, that, that would, would emerge over the, the course of making a song, but then also something that had a kind of like um, integrity in and of itself. And I think I was trying to understand also how to approach narrative in a dance, and songwriting seemed to be a way to um, encourage that while also uh, al- allowing some kind of like abstractions and poetry to exist at the same time so that brought me to invite Jennifer and then Jennifer came in and kind of told me what I was doing
2: <laughs> Jen what what is your contribution to Voyager then uh, Amy kind of had this concept of it and then she invites you and then from what I can tell you are I don't know how to put it maybe you should put it I don't want to insult you because I, I, I don't want to <laughs> I don't. I, it's a. Tre- it's sort of treacherous ground here because yeah. I feel like you are, improvising mm-hmm. s- a lot, mm-hmm. but you seem to also be, following a notebook. Mm-hmm. So, can you explain this? How does this work? What is? What? What are you doing?
3: Well, I'm. I am participating in the Voyager project by. Being practicing the tasks, Amy's been specific with creating movement via a set of tasks like not repeating yourself, not sequencing yourself, um, and and uh, not developing things. But just there's been from the beginning, it was articulated that what seemed important to explore was when you arrive at a place, you also leave it, and you never go back to it. And Amy approached me with this concept of writing an hour-long song to go alongside the piece, not necessarily speak on behalf of the piece, but to practice it musically. So through the time we've spent together, what has emerged is definitely improvisation, but it follows the tasks I'm referencing constantly, the dancers are referencing themselves in their bodies. So it ends up being this very spur of the moment of the moment, um, non repetitive, constantly interrupting yourself or your thought process with asking yourself to leave the place you're in. So if you're in a mood or a genre or a rhythm or a beat, you simply acknowledge it's there as you leave it and move on. So this creates over the course of an hour ish, it creates a type of music that (laughs) is a song, but follows not only my own imagination, but my imagination via these set of tasks and just reveals itself as it goes. But I feel safer in an improvisation way because it's not out of the ether. It comes from these lenses that are applied to the thought
2: right you say tasks which suggests a kind of regiment but th- what you're what are you looking at in that notebook of yours
3: well it i'm i'm playing piano and and singing i'm and playing a few other small instruments but what i've found has been the most important thing thus far is to be prepared with lots of stream of consciousness writing so that way it's not so much what i'm singing is the important thing but sometimes I just think about uh, thought and I just stream of consciousness in the moment. Other times I just, every time I'm on my way to the Voyager rehearsal, while I'm here, anything I think about when I'm thinking about it, I write down
1: mm-hmm.
3: and in the process, all of these words and phrases accumulate and then I can use them and the, the phrasing of the words end up falling where like it's, they just end, it all ends up being part of this.
2: Yeah. And you you were singing this song yeah. for about an hour. Yes. And uh, I'm curious, what you just finished it maybe 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. What do you retain of that experience? Not right much.
3: Now? I know I spoke a lot. Or what do I retain about what I did? Or, yeah. Yeah. I, sort of a general feeling of just like lots have has come through but I through me but I haven't necessarily been fixated on anything in the past so I've let it all go I know I spoke a lot about space this time which was surprising because I hadn't reread any of my notes which is what I'm committed to doing not reading them before I start but just writing all this stuff and then opening the book and starting um there was a lot of space talk
2: literally today. like outer space <laughs> yeah, outer space yeah, okay. talk yeah. and
3: um uh, you know things that I think about and things that the things that are triggered by these sets of experiments just end up coming to light. And it's interesting. Right. As a songwriter, it's very interesting. As somebody who remembers her lyrics by trade, it's really interesting to just have them, like pages, it feels like pages are burning well, as yeah, I'm reading them.
2: What occurs to me is that I think some people would ac- probably agree that you are um, a, a fairly earnest artist. Like you, you're an mm-hmm. artist who puts forth very heartfelt sentiments. Mm-hmm. Um, i found pieces of humor within them. Mm-hmm. But this is like a whole other side of you. Like this <laughs> is a it's interesting to me that I would describe this as your unguarded self. Mm-hmm. And and I know you personally, so mm-hmm. I know that you have a wacky streak or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. Yeah. Like you have mm-hmm. you're you have a good I sense, have of humor. sense of humor. You, yeah, you do. You're funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> and, and this comes through in this means of expression. Mhm what does that tell you about what's within you? Because in a sense, you've kind of lost yourself mm-hmm. in this moment, mm-hmm. in this hour, mm-hmm. and you're just letting go mm-hmm. of yourself mm-hmm. and and all of, for, you heard people laugh. It was a mm-hmm. small group of people, mm-hmm. but you elicited laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, it was coupled with movements mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So what does that tell you about your own kind of approach? I mean, does that, do you, do you see how this could be applicable to your Jennifer Castle life like your right. your your persona if you will?
3: It's definitely been <laughs> it's definitely been uh it's definitely changed the way that I mean it's been and that's talking about the word practice comes up again it's i think that it will definitely infect my regular practice which is much more edited yeah and like i if there's an idea i have the idea is turned in certain ways and then all, i'm always um interested in the lowest common denominator of feelings so i really try to edit almost everything i can out of my own personal songs so what's left i'm like has to be there yeah that's usually how i know something's done because nothing else can be taken out without it falling apart whereas this has been a a practice of more is more Mm -hmm. but just letting it all out and it hasn't been without um its hardships and i mean i think where it feels incredibly collaborative is that amy's work forces me to open up in and share on the spot and i'm not opposed to doing that i love improvising but i've been very uh I've been glad to have an opportunity to do it where it feels safe because these tasks are given to me. And by doing them, I just have trust that this work okay. comes out. So it's interesting. it's It shakes things up. Right. But I like humor.
2: No, I know you do. Yeah. And then that's why... <laughs> I'm glad it rears its I head. find that a lot of people that I admire who have these... Uh, and I don't want to... Dis- when I say persona, it suggests a kind of guise. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that there are people mm-hmm. that have a certain aesthetic, and then when you talk to them outside of that, they're totally Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a comical Mm -hmm. aesthetic, Mm -hmm. like a public comic thing where they're inside, they're brooding, you know, (laughs) when you talk to them, or vice versa, Mm -hmm. like a balladeer who's like Mm -hmm. a complete hilarious person Mm -hmm. outside of it. So, Amy, I I think what I'm getting at might be uh, true of a perception of your world, that it is serious, self-serious, that it may not have humor uh, within it. Whereas when I attend improvised music um, concerts or uh, good ones or when I see a performance like this one, all I'm thinking is like, this is hilarious. The human body is so ridiculous and we can do so many things with it and no one wants to really acknowledge that. Or, or they, they do if it's in a broad comedy mm-hmm. context. But do you think that the general public is missing out on how connected they might be to a work like this?
0: Hmm. Most of the time I just worry that they never get here at all. Less about what happens when they're here. And then I think then we have a lot of um, space and time together to hopefully make the work um, shareable for, for whoever's in the room. But, you know, I worry a lot about who never thinks about coming and how that Um, it just denies us getting to meet each other. But um, just, I've been thinking a lot about this conversation you're having about Jennifer's other practice and her songwriting. And there's something that I feel that I, maybe this is um, something I also witness in the dancers, is how, how everybody needs to kind of reuse what they know in in other contexts and there's something about when um, Jennifer and I first started talking and also I really was familiar with her music, there's something about restraint and kind of this um, uh, really filtered and, and, and clear um, way of, of presenting a set of feelings or ideas. And there's something about this project that does that too, but you have to do it instantaneously and you have mm-hmm. to do it in a moment. And so then the collection of all of those moments is is there's a kind of abundance in them, but in each moment, one has to make a set of very quick decisions mm-hmm. That that for me really use everything Jennifer knows about making a three-minute song, mm-hmm. except for it's in this kind of like tiny little space, but, um, but yeah, things are funny because they're surprising. Not, (laughs) (laughs) and that is, you know, life at its best for me is when I have no idea how things are working. And so Mm -hmm. I try to make projects where people can trust a state of not understanding how things are working while also working on something and then try to offer that to a public. So that we, we're we just seeing things kind of not make sense and try to reorder them really quickly. And then in noticing how we might recognize something that we didn't think we could recognize, that there's a kind of hilarity in that.
2: Do you, do you see any kind of parallel between what you're describing in, in these moments to how we as a people might function in our regular lives? You know, like are they, those kinds of instinctual reorderings that you describe are things that people do as soon as they leave their houses or as soon as they get up in some ways, are you amplifying that basic, uh, survival instinct?
0: I hope so. I, I, I like to think that all I'm doing is noticing things that are already going on. Not, I don't, I try not to invent stuff cause I, I don't feel creative enough to do more than just notice. But, um, yeah, somebody last night who came to see a run was talking about exactly that. And he said, "I think we're just we're already doing what you guys are doing. It's just that we're not we don't have the awareness. And there's the thing we've been practicing so much is heightened awareness. So as soon as you start noticing things, like things are totally bonkers. so these these practices that we've been working on and these ideas about heightened awareness have are incredibly useful in my daily life because it makes like, the most tiny thing just seem like, like a, uh, like a comet, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's real and it's funny. Yeah.
2: I mean, you, you said something earlier that I'm trying to wrap my head around with with a lot of art these days, um, particularly art that might be construed as outsider art or whatever that means. Uh, which is, you worry more about them people being here to even experience this more than how they're going to process it. You just want them to, to be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if you know why or why not, uh, why that, or rather why they may not be here, and whether you have an idea of, of how to invite them, to entice them to come and, and see this reflection of, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, this artistic reflection of how our lives work. I mean, have you thought much about that? either of you
0: I go back and forth part of me thinks stuff like this is small scale and it needs to be small scale because then it doesn't need to um orchestrate itself according to like late capitalism basically um but saying that the 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 trick is just personal connections, like getting people here is about me meeting people and inviting them to come, so the same old thing that people have been doing forever, which is being social and and practicing and hosting and being convivial, is what what the only thing I know that works, but I think I don't know how to do it on any scale besides like you know I think that's a small scale I think that that
3: that local aesthetic of scale is paramount to where we are today I mean I think appreciating the scale of what not living too far beyond your means or reaching and being able to be in the contact with the people that you can invite to your show is like that's how I think about music too I think why do you have to be a sing- songwriter in your neighborhood and try to find to go to all these other neighborhoods to sing your songs yeah. it's like you can be the songwriter in your you can be one of the songwriters on your street and that's right. that's how it's always worked with music and art artists we've reflected Art artists reflected the the culture around them and the cultures were smaller and more, you know,
2: local. But and there's a tendency for external, people external to a situation or a scene or, or a happening to not really glom onto it until mm-hmm. it seems to have its own momentum or ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, everyone's talking about this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in our case would be, what, the media, these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious how you measure. or
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Whether you can kind of articulate what your ambition level is for something like this. It sounds to me like you're trying to be reasoned and, 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 and realistic about it. But at the same time, you want people to see this thing. Mm-hmm. So how do you, what is the ceiling for something like this? Or why would you put a ceiling on something like this? Because I think when I see it, it's enriching. Like it's, it, it would enrich anyone who sees it.
3: I feel like that too. I feel like it makes muses, musicians out of all of us and dancers out of all of us. It's the sort, sort of work that you recognize yourself within because you recognize thinking and you recognize movement and you see those processes happening. And so it's, I mean, I love, it's it, it's interesting to watch the type of dance that shows you all the things you can't do with your body. It's incredibly rich to watch the music dance that makes you feel like you might be a dancer <laughs> or, or you might know a thing or two about movement after that, all.
2: That's, th- that's just it. When I see this it seems and this is not to shortchange or undermine anyone's practice. No. I, I, I as someone who maybe can has worked within the arts I guess or in artistic practices can kind of understand or comprehend that there's been a level of work Mm. and practice absolutely. <laughs> we keep using the word practice yeah. but um at the same time when you watch it and if you don't have that consideration you just be like what, what's the big deal what's the like i mean i'm uh, well i mean the one guy did the splits today that was pretty magical to me but i mean there's all sorts of physical things going on that are beyond me mm-hmm. yeah, but a lot absolutely. of it seemed uh i don't know intuitive like mm. just happen happenstance movements that mm. I just didn't think the body moved that way, mm. and I would think that would teach anyone about how the, how your mind works or how their minds work, like the dancers, the the, the singing. It's just interesting yeah. for people who are interested in the way humans function. Yeah. So why why aren't more people interested in this?
3: Well, it's yet to be seen how many yeah, people are interested. We, we don't know. Might be a gangbusters ten show run.
0: I do think. I have a responsibility to, ha- to to share this with as many people as I possibly can. So part of, especially because I'm not working really hard to perform it, I feel that it is part of my job to, sh- at a moment where I'm the most petrified about doing so, because as you get closer and closer to sh- to showing something, you don't want to tell anybody about it because you're so scared. Um, <laughs> sure. It's at it's at this moment where I'm like. Shh, I just gotta write as many emails as I can. I gotta make as many phone calls. I've got to you know mm-hmm. call my friends and get them to invite their friends. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 that kind of it's like thinking of that as part of the work too, I think, mm-hmm. is maybe um, something that that a lot of us um, we take for granted that there's all of these mechanisms and um, like micro fame and all of these other ways mm-hmm. that people arrive at something, mm-hmm. social media and stuff. but you know, what is our responsibility to say, hey, this thing that I'm doing feels important to me and maybe it's something that will be important to you. Mm-hmm. I need to push myself out of my comfort zone and get you there. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah. you're, you're also, uh, from what I understand, I mean, I'm, I'm only recently becoming more acquainted with you and your work, Jen, I know rather well. Um, but my understanding is that you are uh, a very highly regarded in your field if in your in your realm what do you mm-hmm. want me to call it <laughs> in your practice discipline, yeah. in your discipline and uh and you know if if you wanted to i suppose you could make a life of, for yourself a successful life for yourself maybe in europe you know maybe in a place that is more i don't know understanding more supportive what is it about well i guess what keeps you in canada and how would you compare those two environments uh, or, or I'm just saying Canada and Europe, but maybe I guess North America versus Europe. Uh, how would you compare the kind of appreciation level for what it is you do?
1: Mm.
0: Well, I I really I I've I, I've gone around and lived in some other places, and there was something about when I came to Toronto, which was a place I never thought I would ever live, let alone visit, because I grew up on Vancouver Island, and I went to. School in Montreal and Toronto is the place you skipped. Um, and when I came to Toronto and it took a couple of years to feel this way, I just had this overwhelming feeling that it was worth it to make art here and the kinds of connections and the kinds of people that I was working with and continue to work with, felt like they nourished a part of me that I've, I haven't found happens in other places. And also was a place where I could invite um, collaborators to come and work with me. And Toronto kind of was like, hey, you can stay here and be here. And it's almost like a kind of like like bad parent kind of thing. It's like, it's not really taking care of us, but it's Mm. somehow allowing things to happen. And I've always felt that there was space for me to do my work here. And maybe one of the reasons why I've left other places is it felt a bit like, tight or competitive. Sometimes I feel lonely in Toronto making, making the kind of work I make, but loneliness is not necessarily a bad thing. It means you have to kind of, like, reach out, and mm-hmm. try to find other friendly people.
2: Okay, well, that, that's Toronto, but do you think that there's a general perception or misperception of your work in this country? Is there something that you kind of have a sense that... we We've been talking a lot about trying to galvanize people around the idea of this, this piece, for example, but... Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's symptomatic of something larger uh, about your work?
0: Not my work, just kind of contemporary art. Mm -hmm.
2: What does it say about contemporary art and the perception or appreciation or lack of appreciation for it?
0: I don't, I'm not sure there's a, a lack of appreciation. It just feels like the amount of appreciation there is, is small scale. And so it seems like we want things to be, to function and to be regarded on particular scales. And I, I just wonder about that sometimes. Of course we need to make a living and there's all of that. But I'm, I really try to actively resist the collision of livelihood and art making, which is something that is in this country and especially in my mm-hmm. field is like deeply, um, ingrained with each other and so it's really and this may be one of the reasons that I work a lot with musicians not because musicians don't need to pay their rent but because there's often a really different relationship between how we get by day to day and how we get by in our art Mm -hmm. and that is a very healthy um tension to keep for me and And then when I think about why do I want more people to see my work, I want to make sure that I want them to see it, not because we want to sell more tickets, but because we actually think that this work is going to function with more people. Mm -hmm. And something like this where the audience is 116 people, I don't know if it can get bigger than that. I mean, we can do a longer run, but I don't know if, and I don't even know if we can do a longer run. Like, I don't know how long you can look at your notebook and make up new stuff. So there's also like a scale of the work that, and people have asked me that. They're like, do you do this? Because you think this is the only size you can work at? But I don't think I'm doing that. I think I'm making work that feels like the shape and size that is creating the kinds of um, reciprocity I'm interested in.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about the relation, like Amy just highlighted an important point, I think, I don't want to sort of misinterpret it necessarily, but there's it does raise the issue of kind of livelihood versus creative fulfillment, Um, Mm -hmm. and and how and why that might be particularly difficult in this country. Um, Do you? I mean, Jen, I don't know. Do you have anything to compare it to? I I, I only ask that because I mean, Amy's lived in other places, but Mm. do you see that as a traveler? Like, do you feel like we have it difficult here, or? Because I know that we're, in some places, we're the envy. We have grants, and... No.
3: It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. You go to another country, and you really can't complain in many ways. But, um, I don't, I, yes, it's difficult. It's difficult because you have to carry, you have to actively find ways to carry your work with you throughout your life, or, or avenues for your work. And time is short, and money's tight, in general. Um, But I think that somewhere in the struggle, somewhere struggling becomes like, or tension, as Amy better put it, or that tension. If it can keep healthy, then why ask your work something so logical as subsistence (laughs) um, (laughs) when it is when you're also asking it the illogicalness of creation or for that the for that to be something it can give you is like so it's I can't ask I feel like I would be asking the wrong person for money if I asked no, my art
2: for money that's fair and, and and I can see that and I'm I mean I've asked these questions of people these days because I'm going through the same thing in my own work where I'm just like I've never felt better about the work I'm doing mm-hmm. but I'm not making a living from it mm-hmm. and then but the work itself demands the time that <laughs> <laughs> I used to make a living from it, mm-hmm. and now I don't quite make the living I did. Mm-hmm. And But it requires that time. If I did something else, I would just be like, I can't wait to get back to doing the thing I mm-hmm. really need to do. It's within me to do it. Mm-hmm. You two both have that within you. How do you reconcile that with the reality of living and the fact that it's not something that's appreciated enough? I mean, when I say... What am I saying? I guess I'm hiding the idea of like no one is paying you enough money to do what you need to do, and why is that's and it's a very crass question on some level, but it is important. And I don't know if it's a uh, there's a general sentiment in this country when I talk to my fellow, you know, workers in the, in creative work who mm-hmm. do creative work, but there just seems to be this like, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's and the general is, sentiment. Yeah, is that how you feel?
0: Yeah, I mean, this this situation we're in right now is pretty wonderful and yeah. we're being treated wonderfully and have a lot of Very opportunities supported. and we're supported. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I guess what you kind of have to be okay with is this, um, this uh, temporary kind of status of a project, which mm-hmm. then again brings us back to the practice that we've been making Mm -hmm. which is how to sort of be okay completely um, invest all of your curiosity and all your interest and desire in the only in the moment that you're in at this very second Mm -hmm. Um, is there a way to kind of like on a macro level do that so that I can be satisfied and, um, and deeply, uh, engaged with whatever it is that I'm doing right now. Because my problem is that I get into this forward thinking thing where I worry about next week or next month or next year, which isn't very productive no matter what. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just kind of not, it's kind of checking out. So I try to learn a lot about living from these projects because, because they Like on the kind of like the body in space, like just doing stuff feels like it's like as grounded as it gets in terms of like rules about how you might go about doing a bunch of other things. So I just spin out, I get kind Mm -hmm. of wigged out about the future and like people who are a lot more secure than Canadian artists. Mm -hmm. or less secure also get worried about the future so Mm -hmm. maybe maybe
2: uh, i'm just used to consistency and it's funny that that's what we're talking about ultimately Mm -hmm. we're talking about consistency in any regard and it it does strike me that when i watch voyager it seems to be its strength is its lack of consistency Mm. so it's kind of this weird reflection of your not only your practice but your methodology almost Mm -hmm. deep deep stuff eh
0: Yeah. Consistency and inconsistency. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like a pride. That piece is about keeping on, keeping on Mm -hmm. in a way. Right. But in this way that there's no, there's no foresight in it. So it's also like very easeful.
2: Maybe that's, it seems to be what's going on. I feel like everyone's looking, living in the now a little bit Mm -hmm. and that now can comprise, you know, very heavy handed aspects, Mm -hmm. like heavy handed aspects of the past, but there is this kind of fleeting, I don't know, it's almost apocalyptic what we're talking about. It's almost well, like an end it is, times sort of it sentiment. It is end
3: times, but like, or or end times sentiment, but it's an opportunity, I think, to reinvigorate the word work, which has been so uh, distorted in our society. I think that what I see is a willingness to work, but not, but to divorce work and job and what they mean. And that, you know, I understand we have to work, but how much I wish a job on no one, but I wish the ability to work for everyone because from the work we get our lives. From the job we are kept from our lives and or the oh. things we need to do socially or culturally to take care of each other. Yeah. But we, it is a risk to leave the job that pays to work at, with ourselves and our communities. Right. and. We do it, and we talk about it, and we don't know how it works and out. And
2: we, we try to raise our families and <laughs> and we do, yeah. and, uh, not worry about it as yeah. much as you can. And we
3: work hard, often yeah. very hardworking people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very working, but hard-working. very poor. Very poor, hardworking people, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> poorish. Poorish. What uh, do you want to say about Voyager in terms of uh, details. I don't uh, have it at the ready. Can you tell a little, folks a little bit about this run and uh, where it's happening? The, the details, you know, like you were telling someone, Logistics. To, you know, you're talking about sending a bunch of emails. Can you basically recite one of those emails from your head so that people know what uh, they need to know about this thing?
0: I'll do my best. So the show opens Thursday, mm-hmm. February the 20th, and it plays Thursday, Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m. And then there's a Sunday matinee at 2 Mm-hmm. And then the following week, it plays Wednesday to Saturday at 8 o'clock, and it's at the Winchester Street Theater, which is on the corner of Winchester and the street that's one east of Parliament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Winchester is, uh, is uh, um, north of Carlton. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a beautiful old church that has been repurposed as a, a space for dance. There's a school here and um, a company, Toronto Dance Theatre, and a whole bunch of studios. And uh, we, this is where we've been working, and it's where we're showing it as well. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, that's excellent. And uh, can you talk a little bit about what's next for uh, both of you, if you can? I know we talked about how that wigs you out. <laughs> But uh, do you have any plans that you can share with us in terms of uh, things beyond Voyager?
0: Yeah, I'm going to remount an old project that is um, a kind of another, another experiment in, in a, in a uh, durational movement practice called Relay. And we're going to go on a little tour in Belgium. And then another project is going on to Slovenia and Croatia.
2: That's great. That sounds amazing. And I'm sure you'll be well appreciated in those places.
0: I don't know. You'd be surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I hope you are. I hope you are. Jen, what about you?
3: Well, I am finishing... When I finish up my work here with Amy in the Toronto Dance Theater, I'll be releasing a record soon. So I just finished a record. Um, that will be coming out soon-ish. And just onwards and forwards, making more work and... Figuring it all out as I go.
2: When you say soonish, what do you mean? When I
3: say soonish, I'm being very optimistic. Um, You're done. This I'm done, but I'm just waiting to see who's going to put it out and when. Oh, okay. So it just I'm just waiting for those like details to
2: reach me. You've previously worked with Flemish Eye. Eh?
3: Previously worked with Flemish Eye. Yep, yeah. and I think this in Canada, this next record will come through e Fix. Oh, okay. Um, for proximity's sake. Right, Yeah, it just, you know, it it's just makes more sense.
2: You worked with them for Deloro, the, the And the, I
3: worked with them for Doloro.
2: Another band, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. So yeah, it just kind of feels like um, consolidating a lot of efforts in one, into one place. And so I'll be touring and doing all those things you do with a new record.
2: Do you have a, a like when you say you're done, it's been mastered. It's been.
3: It has been mixed. Mixed. And it is with people that are wondering whether they would want to put it out or okay, not. Or, okay. And at that point, I will master it and do everything post-production.
2: You but, have, do you have a name? Does it have a name yet?
3: Um, it does have a name. I think it's subject potentially to change, but at the moment it's called Pink City.
2: Pink City? Pink City. What is Pink City? What does that mean?
3: You'll have to find out. <laughs> you have to go deep in that record and Is find out.
2: Some kind of concept behind I think it
3: means something to everyone. Yes. <laughs> it's named after a, 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 a song.
2: It's named after a song. Yeah. By, by you? By me. You named it after your a I song. I named it after a song so you, I wrote. You, you that na- appears on the record. You named it. I named it. Okay. It's named after something I named. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> named after something I named. <laughs> well, it's great. I, I wish you all the best of luck with this Voyager uh, with this voyage. It was really yeah. a pleasure to speak with you both and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wish you the best of luck. Thank you for Thank your time.
3: You. Thank you for coming. Thanks so much. Yeah.
2: Oh, Jen, you're you're a musician? Yes. Should we go to a song from one of your records?
3: You might as well just.
2: Maybe we should. Mhm. What what should we go to? Just pick anything. I um, think I probably have it.
3: Uh, uh, anything. Is there
2: something like recent or new? What's the most recent thing that people might have heard?
3: The most recent thing would probably be something uh, from my last record, um so play anything off that or if you have a clip or anything from what you just saw or I heard. I do have a clip, should I you play could, that? You could run a excerpt and entice the people. I have down. no idea
2: what it sounds like because I just held some microphones up in mm. the air but I, let's go with that. Yeah, this is a, play, so,
3: pl- play a snippet from Voyager, the, the play a piece of music that will never be played again.
2: Can you, um, <laughs> can you just for the benefit of nothing really name the piece? That I'm about to play, that you don't know what it is, and I don't know what it is? Just give it a name Stream of Consciousness.
3: Um, Sliced bread.
2: No. No? It's not good for you. Um, Don't eat sliced bread. No,
3: don't. Um, No, sliced bread's probably fine.
2: uh, Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll go with that.
2: Sliced bread. Thank you.